0: You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show.
1: Well, the image of the little ones praying is a glorious one. Uh, I mentioned I gave a shout out to Teresa this morning. She's our producer this morning, Teresa Curley. Good morning, Teresa. Uh, I, I, we couldn't I, We couldn't hear you, but I saw you say it <laughs> through the microphone. Theresa's uh, Teresa's, uh our, our producer for the morning, and she's helping, uh, helping us keep me in line, the guests in line, pure gift. Um, I'm, I give a shout out to the children leading us in prayer uh, over our break, and you might even recognize a voice saying, good job, that's Janelle Shanilek, uh who uh, she is, the Lord's called her to something new, and so uh, there's a bit of a tangent, but we one of our staff, people I work with, uh, Blake Riddiman, is filling in. And he, he is our new listener relations coordinator for Fargo. So he's not filling in. He's our new guy, period. And so we're blessed to have Blake. Uh, and we pray for Janelle as the Holy Spirit's calling her to something new. Um, we are so blessed. With the guests that we've had this morning and the guests that we have coming, uh, joining us by phone this morning is Deacon Ed Schoner from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Am I saying that right, Deacon Ed? Is it Schoner or Schoener? Schoner. Schoner. Yeah, okay. Thanks, Mark, thanks for having I, me. I had it right. Oh, you're welcome. It's great to having you. Um, now we're kind of we're, we're we're jumping from one topic to the next, but something I think that is very important for us to engage this morning um, is this the topic and conversation of what it can be like to lose a loved one to suicide and just the nature of suicide. Um, but can you can you share with us a little bit about the ministry you're involved in and how you got involved in this particular, uh, this, well, this topic?
2: Well, sure. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mark. This is an important topic, and I'm glad you're uh, discussing it because we do need to openly discuss this and, and uh, confront uh these issues associated with mental illness and mental health and suicide, because I'm absolutely convinced the Holy Spirit in Christ wants to be in the middle of all of this with us. My personal story is is that my uh, daughter, Katie, uh, lived with bipolar disorder, and um, she lived well, she lived a good life, uh, and, but sadly she died from suicide and when she was 29 years old in August of 2016. Uh, and when Katie died, I, you know, my full-on dad instincts kicked in that night, even though I was in shock, you know, that she she had died by suicide. Uh, full-on dad instincts kicked in, and I wanted to write her obituary, uh, and just it was just short obituary for our parish community and neighbors here in Scranton, uh, to try to c- clear the air, so to speak, and make sure there was no gossiping or uncertainty in what happened. And I said she she had a mental illness um she died by suicide but she not defined either by her illness or her uh, manner of death. She was a beautiful, wonderful creation of God who loved Jesus Christ and had this terrible illness, and that we need to do better in uh, treating mental illness and understanding the underlying causes of uh, suicide, which is so often related to some sort of underlying mental health issue. And uh, and that's, that was my purpose, was simply to just let the folks in Scranton know what happened. Much to my amazement, because neither Katie or I are any kind of celebrities, uh, this short obituary went viral Covered around the world and newspapers all over the place because it apparently spoke to what people who live with mental illnesses and those of us that have lost someone to suicide deal with. We deal with this misunderstandings and stigma, and I would even say outright discrimination. And I heard from so many people about the need to uh, uh, bring this into the life of the church, to uh, start a ministry. Um, so that's what I am joined with a number of other people. Uh, have started uh, in the Catholic Church, the Association of Catholic Mental Health Ministers, and our chaplain is Bishop John Dolan uh, from the Diocese of Phoenix. He was recently installed. He was from San Diego, recently installed as the bishop in Phoenix. And when you think you have it bad, and believe me, losing a child to suicide is bad. Um, you talk to other people, and Bishop Dolan has lost three siblings to suicide. Wow. Uh, plus a brother-in-law yeah his he was installed as a bishop of phoenix in august and his daughter his sister mary died from suicide two weeks after he was installed as the bishop so you know he's still grieving the, uh, the death of his sister but that just highlights the point that these illnesses and and suicide deaths are every place they run in every family i don't care if you're a deacon a bishop or whoever you are none of us are immune to these things and uh Christ wants to be in the midst of all of this with us and bring bring His presence and, uh, and healing and compassion, so that we know that we're not abandoned or left alone as we struggle with all of these uh, these things. Because these things really are a struggle, aren't they?
1: Absolutely, um, Deaconette. How long ago did this happen with your daughter Katie? And how long have you have you been working in this ministry, the Association of Catholic <laughs> Mental Health Ministers?
2: Well, Katie died in August of 2016, so it's been, what, seven years now, about uh, coming up in seven years. Okay. Uh, and uh, we started the association shortly thereafter. Now, there were a few other people around the country that were doing different things here and there uh, associated with the mental health ministry. And I guess i if you just take a second here. I'll explain what mental health ministry is. Yeah, actually, please so do. People don't mis- misunderstand it. It's not mental health treatment. It's not mental health counseling. It's none of that sort of stuff. That, those are all done by professionals, trained professionals who seek to offer a diagnosis and treatment methods and, you know, relieve the symptoms and, and take away some of the, the suffering that's associated with uh, living with a mental illness. We're a ministry, uh, much like um, the closest analogy would be a grief support ministry. Sure. So we, we, uh, we accompany people. Uh, We, uh, for example, have spiritual support groups for people that live with mental illnesses because they need a place where they can talk about, you know, how these illnesses affect their faith and how their faith supports them in in living in recovery with these illnesses. We have spiritual support groups for parents, uh, the caregivers, it's usually parents, uh, who have, you know, and that can be gut-wrenching when they first find out that their child has attempted suicide or has been admitted to a psychiatric hospital. They feel all alone. They wonder where God is in the midst of all of this. So we offer spiritual support groups uh, for people that are confronting those difficult situations. And more broadly, education for the parish community, education even for the broader church about these mental illnesses, liturgies, you know, working into the prayers of the faithful to pray for people that have schizophrenia or maybe that are, have contemplated suicide. Uh and uh, just work it generally into the life of the Church. I see this primarily as a ministry of comfort and consolation and healing, but also evangelization, because our culture is now confronting these issues of mental illness and mental health in a more open way, which is good and healthy, and uh, you know, Christ wants to be there. Our Church needs to be right there in the midst of this conversation about mental health and mental illness, and uh, uh, it's a way to evangelize the culture and, and let people know that Christ's church uh, is a place to go for comfort and healing, uh, and that's that's why we offer this ministry throughout the United States and, and around the world now.
1: Well, as you said, you know, Christ wants to be there, and that's it. I mean, that's it's getting near the heart of evangelization. Is Christ is He is there? He's there for us, and so despite any of the feelings uh, that might come up, come along with experiencing depression, experiencing suicidal thoughts, uh, you know, isolation, those those different. And feelings, but more than feelings too, just what, what you might be encountering as just challenges of reality um, from coming from yeah. all kinds of uh, different directions to know that Christ is there. And I love the word you use. We talked about it in the first segment this morning, uh, accompaniment, um, that absolutely Christ is there to accompany them, but then the, the visible and visual witness of having a person there Um, to accompany someone who would walk with them thank you for your ministry uh deacon ed now this this um this ministry i don't know which came first the ministry that you're involved in or a book that you wrote about this and can you share and i'm sure we'll have to take a break in a couple minutes but can you just share a little bit about the book that you are working on surrounding this and then even a film series can you share more about those, those two pieces
2: you know, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, Bishop Dillman and I edited a book called uh, they, um, When a Loved One Dies by Suicide Comfort, Hope, and Healing for Grieving Catholics. And it, it, it's stories that those of us in Catholic leadership positions uh, have written about our experience of losing a loved one to suicide and how our faith supported us and that grief and then that experience and at the end of each chapter we have prayers to the father the son the holy spirit and mary who of course understands the the death of, of someone that she loves and how that how how we how we got through and have learned to live with this grief um because uh, you know i'll never of course completely um uh, stop grieving the death of katie she's she's i will miss her dearly but uh these uh, books provide uh, insights into how to uh, incorporate that into our lives, how to adapt to it, uh, how to integrate it into our lives, and to know that the that God's with us in the midst of it. And we developed an associated film series recently, because not everybody likes to read books, so an associated film series, with, very well done with uh, Sanctuary Mental Health Ministries, uh, where you can watch... Those, we, us talk about these stories and there's associated uh, guides that you can use to either support yourself individually as you're grieving or use it as a grief support uh, group uh, facilitator guide and have grief support meetings within your parish or diocese to help people that are grieving uh, the death of a loved one from suicide.
1: So whether whether it's in a parish setting, if there's a, a support group or if somebody wanted to have access to view these um, these films just from their home uh... how how would you recommend those those resources to be utilized the best
2: well they can they can go online and get them from our website and we, we can get the the links to that uh, for free. Uh, but we would recommend that they they take them slow they don 't watch all of them at one time because suicide of course is a uh, a somber and difficult topic uh, but to enter into them prayerfully that 's why we offer them as prayers uh, at the beginning uh, at the end of each film, and to know that you 're in the presence of God as these things uh, are offered to you and you can can reflect on where God is in the middle of all of this and this is very much focused on our spiritual life and how uh, we can live with the with the grief of suicide because you know uh oftentimes when you move someone to suicide people were afraid to talk to you about it you know maybe you've been in trouble yourself processing it and this is a way to be more open about it and and think about it and, and uh, give people the courage to to talk to each other about this because it, in society there is still so much stigma and misunderstanding associated with suicide
1: yeah, no, for for, for sure, Deacon Ed, and it is. It's it's such a heavy topic, which I think is one of the reasons why it's just so hard for people to talk about. Is I, I don't oh. know what to say about it. You know, you hear that from time to time, um, or when the topic comes up, you know, it, certainly it's uncomfortable, and it's uncomfortable for a reason, right? It, it's not an everyday right. uh, conversation piece. Um, you know, Deacon Ed, we got to take a break, but when we come back, I'd like to ask you a few more questions, a few more questions about the film. Um, and then just other ways, like what does the book get into um, here in some of the main topics of it? So if you're tuning in, you're ta- listening to Mark Holcraft talking to Deacon Ed Schoner of Scranton, Pennsylvania. we're talking about when a loved one dies by suicide. Stay with us on Real Presence Live.:
0: This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging and live on The Real Presence Radio Network. God made you for a purpose. He made you to accomplish some great work. What did he make you for? What were you really made to do? Realize your vocation with a degree designed for the Catholic professional. The University of Mary offers online undergraduate and graduate degrees steeped in the Catholic intellectual tradition. Start today in business, nursing, bioethics, education, counseling, applied theology, and more at catholicprofessional.life.
1: The best year-end giving plans make a difference in the lives of others and can improve your own financial and or tax situation. Perhaps an immediate gift or a gift from your IRA or a gift of appreciated stock may be in order as we approach the end of the year. Nonetheless, at the end of the day we are all called to be good stewards of our blessings. This is Mike Kitrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio. Together, let's make a difference. Please call me at 701-290-4503. My name is Father Gabriel Wauero
2: from the Diocese of Delhi. I've been a priest for 12 years in the United States. I am very happy to be a priest. I have watched many people receive
0: peace because of a priest. Many times I meet people in grief. I meet people who are suffering. I meet young people who have lost their way. And as a priest, through prayer, through sacraments, through counsel, I have seen the peace of the Lord in their hearts. I believe every one of us needs this peace. And as a priest, We are able to bring that peace of the Lord to
2: to them whether they are on their sick bed, whether they are grieving a loved one, or whether they have been hurt by someone else. I love being a priest and I think everyone, every young man out there, should consider becoming a priest to bring the same peace the world needs so much today.
0: this is real presence live on the rpr network bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the upper midwest now back to the show
1: welcome back i'm your host this thursday morning mark holcraft and we're talking to deacon ed Schoner from scranton pennsylvania and we're talking about a heavy topic when a loved one dies by suicide and deacon ed was sharing earlier i asked how did you get involved in this and what led to this, and it was what sparked it for him. Uh, well, it's the Holy Spirit moving, but it was the loss of his own daughter, Katie, and and that was seven years ago. And since then, the Lord has been moving in in an avenue of healing, right? And and we're so we're talking about what are some of the that you wrote the book, um, and you you had a film series. Um, I want to dig into that a little bit. What are some of the main themes that you could speak to, Deacon Ed? Speak to from the book and film series, what are some of the main topics you've learned over the years you're looking to cover?
2: Well, one of the main things, especially for a Catholic audience, is what the Church teaches about suicide now. Because the Catechism of the Church was changed in the mid-90s under the leadership of uh, Pope St. John Paul II to reflect a deeper understanding of the psychology of suicide uh, and why someone would uh, come to that point and why they would die by suicide. But Previous to that, and within the living memory of many people, if, you, if, a, if your loved one died by suicide, the Church would not offer a Catholic funeral. Uh, you could not be buried, your loved one could not be buried in a Catholic cemetery. And basically, there was just a tremendous amount of shame and uh, being pushed pushed to the side, in so many ways pushed to the outskirts or outside of the Church. Uh, Uh, And that, I think, was all rooted in the misunderstanding of the psychology and the psychiatry. And the Catechism now actually has three paragraphs uh, on suicide. And it, of course, still teaches we should not kill ourselves, and we shouldn't kill anyone else. And and that's definitely something that's uh, wrong uh, to kill. But uh, the Church understands that so often in the case of suicide, it's rooted in uh, severe psychological or psychiatric disorder, fear of harm, uh, and I know talking to people who have attempted suicide and that have survived it, including my daughter Katie, uh, did not want to die by suicide. They get into this psychological zone where they think it's the only uh, option. It's, it's what's best for not only just for them, but for everyone else around them. It's best that they no longer exist or no longer live. It's hard for those of us that haven't gone through this to completely understand this, but it's not like... A Shakespearean debate: to be or not to be. That's not what's going on. It's they get into this seer psychic and, and this this tunnel of um, where they think that this is what not it's not a debate. It's something they simply have to do. So uh, the church understands that, and that reduces the uh, culpability, if you will, uh, of someone who dies by suicide. And the third paragraph talks in, about we the church prays for those who have died by suicide, which for me and many people is very comforting and healing. My daughter Katie died. We had a beautiful funeral. Our bishop attended the funeral. She's buried in a Catholic cemetery. And my faith was uh, very consoling and helped my family and I to to get through this experience of suicide. So it's important uh, that the uh, parish community uh, embrace people when, when, uh, when someone has died by suicide in their family. And in fact, now our diocese and a couple other dioceses around the country, and more and more of them are doing this where they offer a... a Suicide Remembrance and Healing Mass once a year, typically in September, which is Suicide Awareness Month, where, where the mass uh, focuses on suicide and lets those who are grieving a suicide come forward, either place a rose in a basket as part of the rite in memory of their loved one or have a picture or something like that, where we can openly grieve and uh, know that the Church is with us as we grieve this loss of a someone to suicide. And so I, I think that's one of the main points we want to get across, is that uh, the Church understands, and the, 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 the teachings of the Church now reflect this deeper Understanding and it's always rooted in the mercy and love of Christ. Because, you know, Christ Christ is the best psychologist or therapist, better than anyone living on this earth. He understands why our loved ones got to that point, what what their psychic was, and uh, he was there when they died, and he knows as much as anyone that it was terrible and horrible, and they were not made to die by suicide, and we trust them to the, the mercy and love of Christ. But I know that's what gets, gets me through the days. Uh, and that's, that's one of the main points we wanted to make in these offering this
1: book and this film series well it's so important for those who have encountered and experienced that cuz I, I do think for so many of, my, of our listeners myself included you know if we've not been directly impacted by it indirectly we i think many of us have been you know and cuz part of that understanding and and i appreciate cuz you you lifted up the catechism and pointing out what the catechism has to say about it um, cuz part of that understanding before and this is this is uh, some of what was understood before, and it just wasn't the fullness of understanding in regards to the psychology for someone who was suicidal. You know, uh, For many who, when you talked about we're not going to have a funeral and they're not going to be buried in a Catholic cemetery, it was kind of tied to that awareness of, well, suicide is that one unforgivable sin because of the idea that it's blaspheming the Holy Spirit and our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And and right. while of course body is a temple of the Holy Spirit the maturity and by the grace of God I think wisdom the church seeing the science of psychology and you act, you spoke of mercy and it's so beautiful how you said it Deacon Ed um, part of that mercy is we don't know uh, the mind of that person that soul in that very last moment we don't only God right. knows and it's um, I know for me I mentioned indirectly I used to be a youth minister and over those years as a youth minister, I think I had experienced three funerals of young people, so 18 years old or younger, who had uh, died to suicide. And um, those funerals are probably one of the biggest funerals I had ever been to. And that's not unusual mm-hmm. to, when a young person passes away. Uh, right. But um, the support and the confusion that can surround it, I know whether it's a young person or older person. And I just remember um, being a youth minister at the time, it became an incredible opportunity. And you shared the word earlier, evangelize, but in a different way. Like You're, you're evangelizing through a sensitive pastoral care because there is a lot of confusion. There's a lot of emotions, a lot of questions. Um, and I think your book and the film series, uh, as you're talking about the different topics that you address in the book and film series, are key to helping to answer some of those questions. You know, So for any of those... Who, for anybody listening, if um, maybe you know somebody, um, maybe you've been impacted or affected by someone who has died to suicide, uh, what what would be um, some key things you would offer to them now? Because we only have just a few minutes already. This time has flown by, Deaconette. Just a few minutes left. What would you offer those people, and how? What direction would you like to encourage them to go in as as they look to experience the Lord's healing in this?
2: Well, one of the things is guilt. So often people think, well, I could have prevented this suicide if I did this, or I said that. It's true. So what we have in the book and in the the films is is psychologists. There are psychologists who specialize in this field. They're called suicidologists. They specialize in the psychology Mm. of, of suicide. And... They make the point that even they who are experts in this, this study forever cannot predict who's gonna die by suicide. Why fortunately most people with mental illness do not die by suicide. But why does this person with this particular type of depression and life circumstances, why does that person live and not even attempt suicide, and why does that person die? They don't know. They can't predict it. So one of the things we try to get across to family members who are grieving of suicide is is don't Try to let the guilt go. Try to place that before the Lord. That uh, this is a rooted in, in, in some sort of psychological disorder that's hard to understand, hard to explain, and it's not your fault. If your loved one or your child or your spouse died by suicide, it's not your fault. And, and to remember that uh, it's not like they disappeared into the ether. They still very much exist. Uh, you know, the veil between us living and the dead is a very thin veil. I pray to Katie and pray with Katie all the time and I would say to anyone who's lost someone to any death, but particularly the suicide is continue to be with them and pray with them and pray for them. Uh and uh so that's that's the other thing, is just stay stay in touch, so to speak, with your loved one who died by suicide. Uh there's no reason to feel that uh they have completely abandoned you or have left your life entirely. That's our faith, right? Uh Mark, is is that uh we believe that uh uh that uh and in the end all things are healed and through through god and we always continue to pray for the dead uh, the other thing i would say too is, is to pray for their family pray for the families of someone that's died by suicide if today's a typical day in the united states about 130 people are going to die from suicide today that's the average so pray for them and their families because it is a leading cause of death in the uh, in this country and around the world uh
1: I think it's very important, Deaconette, and I don't mean to cut you off. Uh, There's a friend of mine I used to work with that the Lord just put it on her heart. She really felt like the Lord put it on her heart to pray for those uh, who were tempted with suicide or who were suicidal. And I think that was an incredible, uh, just an incredible um, movement of the Holy Spirit. But for her, I mean, she was a deep woman of prayer, and she is a deep woman of prayer, and that the Lord knew, I know you will pray so I'm yes. going to put this on your heart because it's needed. And so I, I appreciate that you highlighted needed. that. Yeah,
2: Yeah, because after the coming out of the pandemic, all the data shows that, that suicidality, the thinking of suicide, the ruminating on suicide, those rates have gone up tremendously. And and actually now the, the number of suicides are starting to climb back up again. But certainly the psychology and people, what they call it, suicidal ideation, thinking about it, is the pandemic has definitely affected that. So can you imagine, Mark? Just thinking and ruminating, thinking about suicide on a regular basis. What a what a terrible way to live that is. Right. Uh, so that is becoming more and more of a pervasive problem in in our country and around
1: the world. Deacon Ed, we only have a minute left. Where can people find out more information?
2: I would say go to our website, the Association of Catholic Mental Health Ministers. It's Catholic M H M. Dot org. You can find the, the film series there and a whole bunch of other resources to start a mental health ministry in your parish. Uh, our hope is that someday mental health ministry becomes as common as grief support or RCIA that it becomes a ministry that's available in every parish.
1: Deacon Ed, thank you, thank you so much for the time this morning. Um, we got to take a break here in just a few moments. Um, up next, on the other side of the break, we'll be speaking with a woman who's going to be speaking about mothers offering maternal support Fighting for parental rights in Minnesota. Stay with us on Real Presence Live.